So good morning, everybody. Today we are introduced to the figure of John the Baptist, one of the key central figures during the course of Advent. And what we see him doing is calling for repentance. Israel coming out into the desert to the River Jordan, confessing their sins and being baptized or repentance of their sins. John the Baptist, of course, fire and brimstone, but also describes himself as the friend of the bridegroom who is making the bride ready for the coming of the bridegroom using nuptial language also. What I want to do is sort of use this image of John the Baptist there in the desert, in the wide open sun shining down, as an example of us bringing what is dark into the light. Particularly our sin are those things that cause us shame, that make us want to go hide from God and sometimes from others. Of course, this is mostly going to be our sin and the guilt that we feel from it. And sometimes the shame we feel from it, that we are actually bad persons because we do these things. Most of us probably know that these often circle around the sins of the Sixth Commandment. But it's quite possible it could be things that were done to us. Maybe abuse when we were younger and we've taken the blame on ourselves. Or we somehow believe the lie that we are not good and we live in the shadows. We don't really live in our true identity. And so what we see happening in the gospel today is Israel, with their sin, with their shame, with their darkness, bringing it to the light. The light of the noonday sun shining down on the desert and being purified, asking for forgiveness, being repentant from their sin. Now, what I want to do, though, is take that as sort of an an image or an icon, and then look at the different reactions Israel had to John the Baptist's call to repentance, to this bringing what was in the dark into the light, this revealing, this confessing of sin. And we look at John the Baptist, not just in today's gospel, but the figure throughout the gospels, you're going to see four reactions, three explicit, one implicit. And the first reaction is what we talked about or what I just mentioned. People who did it, flooded out to the desert, repented from their sins in this sort of symbolic gesture. They brought their shame, their guilt, what was in the dark, into the light. Into the light. And the second group is the one that that we really don't see. And those are the people, arguably, who did not go out into the desert. For whatever reason, they chose to hide in the dark. They didn't want to go out there because their shame and their guilt or their lack of repentance, probably here we're going to focus on the shame and the guilt, made them stay in the shadows. They didn't want to go out and admit they were sinners, admit that there's shame and the darkness in the light of the day. Those are the people who hid and did not go. But the third group is is, is typified by the Pharisees. We see in the other Gospels that the Pharisees go out there, and they're basically there to nitpick John the Baptist. Why? Because of the same reason. They don't think they have anything wrong with them. They don't need to hear this message of repentance. And we can be the same way. I don't have a problem. Everything's good. I don't have any sin. I don't have any shame. Even though it's completely obvious to everybody else that we are operating out of our own brokenness, 
shame and insecurity. Put the walls up and won't admit there's even a problem. But the fourth group is the one that I think is the smallest, but also the most worrisome. And this is Herodias, the story of what led to John the Baptist's death. Remember, he called out the, 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 the procurator, the king and his wife, Herodias, for their sin, their sin of living together. And what happened is she didn't repent, she didn't run and hide, she went on the attack. She went on the tag. It's John the Baptist's fault. I want his head and begin to gossip, gossip, gossip to her daughter, to everybody else, what a terrible person it is, and ended up manipulating the daughter to do the dance to get the husband to lop off the head of John the Baptist. This can also happen whenever we are confronted with our sin or our shame. It could be someone calling us out. It could be just through uh, some discussion that all of a sudden it comes forth and that shame and that darkness and that guilt becomes so strong, instead of flight, we fight. We attack. And in order to do that, we create a smoke screen so nobody can look at us, can look at our own problems, and we can slide off and nobody notices. Play the victim. That is what is the other reaction. Not a good one at all. But this is problematic, particularly if you take it and you set it in the light of the, not the light of the desert, but the light of Jesus. Because Christ has come. We are waiting for the dawn to come at Christmas, and it's not one of judgment. Jesus came as a baby. Babies don't destroy things, unless potentially you're Baby Yoda, but we're not going to get into the Mandalorian. They don't. They don't. It came as the light of mercy, the gaze of a child. It's not a gaze of judgment. It's not a gaze of condemnation. It's a gaze of receptivity and mercy. This is what we are called to, to have the courage, as difficult as it can be, to bring all of this junk, whether we've done it or it's been done to us, into the light. And boy, oh boy, it can be very, very difficult and to allow the light of Christ's mercy to shine on it. Because what's the other option? The other option is we keep it in the dark. And as St. Ignatius of Loyola says, the evil one wants us to do that, and we'll be there to accuse. Keep it hidden. Don't let anyone see it. They're going to condemn you. Jesus is not going to show mercy. But when we bring it to the light, we can see this from a psychological perspective, from a spiritual perspective, it may not happen immediately, although sometimes it does happen immediately. It can happen gradually where we gain control over it rather than it controlling us. Whether the darkness controlling us. And I can't tell you the amount of times in my ministry, particularly to students, who I've seen crippled by shame for things that they did or were done to them that they blamed themselves for, when they had the courage to bring it to the light, Whoa, man, things changed. Things really, really changed. There was a new freedom. So sometimes I even say these people are different persons. You wouldn't even recognize them. Maybe immediately, it may take a little time, but they had the courage to do it. Did it stink? Yeah, it, it was not easy at all, but it was certainly worth it. So how do we do that? How do we respond to this call to bring our sin and our shame and our guilt into the light? so that we can begin that process of healing, so that we can allow Christ's mercy to burn it away. I got three ways. 
Number one, find a confidant, someone that you trust, a safe place. It could be a family member, a friend, it doesn't matter. And to say, hey, I got a problem. I've got an addiction. I've got something that I did a long time ago I'm ashamed of. I need to talk about it. I need to discuss it. And I need you not to judge me. I need you not to tell anyone about this. That friendship can be very, very healing. Hopefully we all have someone like that. Number two, particularly if it is something big, abuse mainly, or certain types of addiction. Go to a counselor. I really am somewhat amazed that in the 21st century, I have to convince people that going to a counselor is not a bad thing. Granted, there may be some quacks out there, but we have plenty of good Christian and Catholic counselors. Everyone could benefit from it. To be able to talk through things, to reprogram our brains, to be able to do things that help us overcome that shame. Again, it, it could be mainly for things that were done to us, but I have seen people go through counseling and face and overcome trauma and become different individuals. And the final one, the final C, is confession. And that, for a lot of people, is probably the scariest. That's where you literally take the shame and the dirt and the filth and the sin and say, hey, Jesus, here it is. Knowing that through repentance, you will find forgiveness. It's really bringing it to the light and the Lord's mercy shining upon it. And I've seen transformations happen in confession when someone just unloads this. It may just begin the beginning of the process of transformation, but it is a wonderful start because we really encounter Jesus in the confessional, in that sacrament. The light of his mercy shines upon it. He is the divine physician. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it hurts, but it always ends up being worth, worth it. That light comes and the freedom comes. Talk to anybody that you know who has done this, who's brought their sin, brought their shame into light. Things change. This is what Advent is about. As we prepare for Christ, we wear purple because it's a time of penance, a time of putting things away and renouncing sin. That's why John the Baptist is here, so that we, like Mary, can be more receptive to Christ when he comes in our lives. And so I encourage you, everybody's got some, some have big, some have little, whatever it is, ask for the courage, because it takes courage, to be able to take whatever, whatever it is, that sin that you need to, to admit, that shame of things that were done to you, to be able to bring it to the light and allow the healing light of Christ to shine upon it. Amen.